Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. In this episode, I am talking with Crystal L. She is Crystal Hair and Makeup on Instagram. This is the second time that I've had her on the podcast. And what I love about talking with Crystal is I have known her now for a little bit less than a year, and I have seen her step into being more vulnerable when it comes to um, conversations and showing up. And I absolutely love it as somebody who really tries to pull vulnerability out of people because it makes me um, feel better about being vulnerable myself. (laughs) It brings a little bit more um, being human into the picture. I love seeing somebody um, open up and come out of their shell a little bit more every time. And um, Crystal is somebody that I've just really enjoyed watching transform. So I asked her to be on again because she had posted in her stories on Instagram about how she's not going to bite her tongue anymore and she's going to just show up as her authentic self. And of course, that is a topic that I wanted to chat about. So here we are. You will enjoy this conversation just as much as I did, but there were some technical difficulties. So please, please bear with this recording. I promise you it gets better. I've tried to cut out some of the blank spaces, so it seems a little choppy here and there. Again, I so apologize. It gets better. Totally, totally worth listening to the whole episode. So please do that. And she spills a little bit of beans on some exciting things that she has coming up that you definitely want to listen to the end for. So thank you so much for listening. As always, if you like it, go ahead and share it on Instagram. Um, If you leave a review, that would be even more amazing. And enjoy. Talk to you on the next one. Hello, Crystal. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for allowing me to come back. (laughs) So I always enjoy our conversations, but today I'm going to force even more vulnerability out of you. (laughs) Oh, I'm here for it. I'm ready. Oh, and actually real quick, just to like break the ice, this is going to sound really crazy for anyone that is listening and doesn't. (laughs) When we were in Tulum, you, I, all my clothes got wet and you gave me a pair of underwear. They were clean. They were brand new tag still on them. I just want you to know that I think of you every time I put those underwear on. 
what are friends for? If they can't. <laughs> um, and I was saving to tell you that just for this episode. I forgot all about that. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, I'm gonna make this real awkward and tell her how these underwear remind me of her. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a, a keepsake forever. Exactly. Well, I wear them, so hopefully not forever. That might get real weird. Um <laughs> So I wanted to have you on because a couple weeks ago, um, you were in your stories and you were talking about kind of how nervous you were to really fully show up as yourself, especially with the topic that you talk about, because you talk about diversity, inclusivity, things that can kind of bring up maybe shame in some people or, you know, like, and I felt when you said it, I was like, oh my God, like we obviously talk about very different topics, but when it comes to money, it's a very similar thing. Like you get very nervous on how you're going to talk about it because you don't want people to feel judged. You don't want people to feel um, shame, but I wanted to kind of just dive a little bit deeper with that in that topic with you today, because I feel like a lot of people struggle with just showing up online in general for that very reason, even if it's not like a harder topic to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely agree. And it's interesting because it's been something um, probably since Tulum that I've just been working through and working toward and thinking about. And I actually stemmed from, I heard a podcast um, by Patrice Washington, and she was talking about um, how we have to make sure that we show up as our authentic selves. If not, you're going to um, get a bunch of people who you just don't resonate with. And when you're posting and talking and building a community, if those aren't, if you're not being yourself, then those really aren't your people. And then the other part, when it comes to the topic of what I talk about, I, there was also another podcast that she talked about, like making good trouble mm -hmm. and realizing that if what you're saying isn't making some people uncomfortable, then making an impact. And I think it's the same thing with what you do with money. Like if what you're saying doesn't make people move or feel the need to be uncomfortable, then they're never going to change, right? They're never going to get over that hurdle, whatever it may be. And I know for me with money, for sure, it took me a very long time to like find a financial planner or someone because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed about how things weren't together or embarrassed about, I thought all the money was my money. So there were a lot of things that I was pretty embarrassed about and shameful that it took a while to talk about it with fun. So, yeah. Well, and it's like, it's, it's the, it's scared. You're scared of being judged, right? Like you, you feel like you've made mistakes, quote unquote, you know, and you're kind of scared to reach out for help in those situations, even if you know you need it because you, you're just worried somebody's going to judge you, right? Yeah. So it's, it can be harder in an online space because you are kind of out in the world and you've got to kind of pull in your people, but at the same time, like you're really, we're trying to trigger people, right? Like we're trying to kind of get under their skin and be like, oh shit, like maybe I do need to make a change in this aspect. What was kind of, um, how did you do things before versus how you're trying to do things now? Like when it comes to talking online or like marketing uh -huh. With showing up online? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so I will tell you, well, I showed up like I show up with everything and I'm just going to be 100% 
real. Um, as a woman of color in any industry, I feel like I don't have the same grace as my counterpart. Meaning that I always have to be on and whether that is because some internal work, external work, which I think it's a combination of both, that's just who I am. So that means that everything has to be very like streamlined and perfect and and um, booked up. And what I learned to loom is that like operating in the masculine. So I very much, everything was polished and pretty and all these things, not that what I do is not polished and pretty, but I'm a pretty like, funny person and I love to be off the cuff and I love things to be organized but I wasn't I definitely wasn't as in the box as I was when I first launched um aha the person that I showed up as was I would record something a billion times to make sure that it was perfect now I'm like um it is what it is and when I launched the second time, I really did it in my feminine. I did it really talking and being open with my students and talking about their needs and then kind of even adjusting the program and what we did based on how I felt, which is very different for me. But I feel like the impact was way greater for both myself and for them. And then as far as showing up online, man, I just show up like if something isn't right or if I ain't got no makeup on, if I'm wearing a scarf, I'm like, I'm just here for it. So I had time to really judge myself and hope don't judge me. And what I've learned too, is I always hear people say about trolls and maybe I'm just not popular enough, <laughs> but I don't have any, I haven't had anyone ever be in my inbox and like come for me. Um, so why not show up and keep it one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, especially in the online space, because I think people think that they have to be quote unquote professional. I mean, I know when I was behind the chair, that was like, there was this period of time where I was just kind of saying what I felt like I should be saying, you know, it wasn't really like, it wasn't that it wasn't me, but it just was, it wasn't exactly how I would talk to you in person. Right. And then it was when I like, switched it. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. Like, this doesn't even feel right. I'm just going to type my captions. Like I would talk to my client. That's when like everything changed. It was like, oh my God. Like, first of all, people like me <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> two, <Hello. laughs> yeah. like two, like the right people were showing up and the people who didn't like it, they just disappeared. And at the end of the day, like isn't that what you want? Like nobody wants to come into work and like not like the people that are in their chair or not like the people that they're coaching. Like you want to attract those people and, and you can be you and those people come. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it just feels good, right? It doesn't feel like work. It definitely just feels like I'm showing up to do what I love. I do hair because I love it. If I can show up and be myself and do hair, like I'm winning. Same with like social. If I can show up, be myself, help other stylists, create diverse, um, you know, communities within their, their salons and learn the things that they didn't get to learn in hair school, then I'm winning because I can be myself to like, I always say this and I'm definitely not joking. My whole goal is to change the beauty industry, like turn it up on its head, like hundred percent. And you've never gotten any pushback for that, right? You, you shouldn't, but have you? 
No, like I literally have not gotten anyone that's like, no, I have people who have like different ways of approaching the same topic. Um, and a person that like, we are all individuals, like whether I'm coaching you on money, on DEI, on an updo, on a balayage, like I'm going to teach you the way I've learned how to do it, right? And then you're going to do it a different way. You're going to put your tweak on it. And that's supposed to be like, we're not all robots. So people have different opinions about how they choose to teach, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we actually have conversations about that too. But I think because I'm an open person and I love communication, nobody comes for me because I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And then be like, okay, cool. This is why I do what I do. No shade to why you do what you do. We can agree to disagree. We can agree on the things we, we know to be true for us and then keep it moving. Well, so, and no. at the, at the end of the day, like, you as one person can't change the whole world, right? So you need more people talking about the same subject and you need more people talking about the same subject in different ways because maybe the way that the person down the street is talking about it doesn't resonate with me, but the way you say it resonates with me. So it's, it, you need that. Like you need to change the world. You need more than one person. And more than one perspective and more than one experience, right? Yes, and so absolutely. I think that's how I got to, you know, the new program that I will launch in about a week and a half collective. So as I started working in this space, and one thing I tell people, like, I've been doing this for 12 years. Like, when I did it, there was no term that I knew of called diversity, equity, and inclusion. I just wanted to create a space that everybody felt welcome. So that's my entire business has been like this for 12 years. Um, and I have learned that other people want to do it. And one of the big things I always say is it's not just about race. Like, I think that's the first thing people hear and think. And then, um, in, in the beauty collective, we talk about, there's three phases of changing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And most of us are in that first phase, which is ultimately like the fear phase, right? The fear that you've been doing things wrong or the fear of being judged. And it's, there's so many things that play a part in, in that, that I want to talk about and change. But the biggest things is it's not just race, right? Like it's having capes that fit full-figured women, it's having a chair that full-figured women, it's having um, gender neutral pricing, it's having a lot of things that make everyone feel welcomed. And I know a couple of weeks ago, oh, what's his name? John, I can't, I'm, I'm so bad at like social stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't watch any TV. I'll just be 100. Um, but he did a whole um, thing that went viral talking about like black hair and what white stylists need to know about black hair. And I thought it was a very interesting perspective. Also a perspective of the white man talking about it. And then it got all of this praise where it's something that people that look like me have been talking about for a long time, but we don't get the same, you know, platforms and opportunities. So Maybe if everyone joins the conversation, we can really make it change. Now, so. why do you think that is? Why do you think a white man can talk about it and people are going to pay attention? But if you talk about it, people are like, eh, which they're not. But yeah, the, same reason, the same reason why a white man can do everything, right? Yeah. Like, come on, let's keep it 100. Like, if you are born a white male in the US of A, you just have a lot of privilege over everybody you yeah. know? And so yeah. when you, and, and he had a huge, he has a huge platform. So I think that there's some authority that comes with it. Actually in all hair Academy, we talk about implicit bias. And when I was learning about it a couple of years ago, it is so crazy that I want to say like 85% of CEOs of companies are white males over six feet. 
and over six feet. Like there's something about a tall white male that produces authority and it's a subconscious thing. So we don't even know that it exists and you'll have five people you're interviewing, but you will address authority to that white male over six feet tall because of something that's embedded in our system that is psychological that we don't even know exists. Like that's interesting. There's so many, there's a real, a topic called implicit bias um, that I dive deep in and everyone should dive deep in because we do it subconsciously. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so that's why the, I think it's just because white males just have a lot more power than everyone. Um, and people don't like feeling uncomfortable. Like we said earlier, people don't like that. And if I'm talking about something that makes them uncomfortable, instead of being like, you know what, just like with money, I should probably listen. And then I should probably do some internal, you know, um, research and then make a change. It's like, why do we want to live in ignorance when we know we're being ignorant about whatever the topic is? Yeah. And it's funny because it's, it's like you go through all of, I don't want to say the stages of grief, but like, I know like for me, like somebody will trigger me. Right. And then I'll like immediately get mad. Like I'm mad. You know what I mean? Like this is like, you know, they're, they're triggering me. Like it's, I'm upset. And then I start thinking, why am I upset? Then I start looking deep into myself. Why did this upset? Oh, it's because of this. It's because I feel guilty because I did that or I thought that or whatever. And then, you know, then it just turns into this like cycle of, of learning, you know, and it's, but some people just stay in the mad stage, you know, and it, it's, it sucks for them. It makes me sad for them, actually. You know, you got to get out of it. Yeah. And especially if you want to grow. Like I read, you know, and it's so funny because I'm I'm right in the middle of the, the middle and end of um, like an intense diversity and equity inclusion training myself from like the real people that do it. Um, and one of the things that like shook me to the core was it talked about um, how long this has been going on. Yeah. Like, you know, I think people think that this is something new, but really like the EEO, the equal opportunity employment started in 1940. Really? And we are still having this 1940. And then in 1960 with the civil rights movement and integration, we started talking about really looking at like, um, employment practices and, and one of the big things that I think a lot of people don't realize is like, when you go to hire people, if you, if you're like, oh, well, nobody of color applies, right? Like, or whatever, whatever the case may be, or no one that doesn't look like me applies for a job within my business. So then you have to ask yourself why. So one of my good friends who I love, we actually just opened um, inclusive beauty space together. And her and I were talking and she owns a marketing firm that's all women. It's the bomb.com. And she said to me one day, she was like, you know, I was like, oh, no one of color ever applies here. And then she was like, and I was listening and I was like, it's not their job. If they look at my website and my branding and they don't feel welcome, then I need to recruit, right? Like, so if you really want something, then you have to actively recruit for that, right? Like when we want to do something or when we want to coach, we actively recruit the people quote unquote, that we're looking for. So the excuse of like, nobody applies or whatever the reason is, it's just an excuse. And this excuse has been around since like 1940. Well, and it's so and true. I mean, when you go to a website or something, if I look at it and I'm like, well, I don't think I'd belong there. Like, I'm not going to go. 
Like yep. that's so, int- and I honestly have never thought about that. I mean, I'm, th- I'm obviously I'm seeing more of it now because I think 2020 really made the topic come up more. Let me ask you this question. Okay. As a white woman, what, how can we help besides obviously learning, unlearning, like there, like, I know that there's that's ways, it. but there's that's this it. weird line of like too far or not enough. And it's like this strange place where you're just like, what do I do? (laughs) Um, So it's interesting you ask that because one of the things we cover in the training in the the beauty collective is like, how can you become a community advocate um, and be a part of this space? And the biggest things I I say is one, educate yourself. And that's why when when this whole program started, I'll be honest, like I was like, okay, we're going to do diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're going to do a month of it. I'm going to like briefly go over it. And then I was like, that's just not going to do it. That's the problem. Like we go briefly over everything. And when you have a coaching program, you know how it is. Like you can go briefly over this one topic. And then after you've done it with a few people, you're like, man, we should have really dove deep in the beginning. And then that's going to be the foundations for the rest of their success. So this program, you will actually go deep and it is a full certification in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you will have the opportunity from start to finish to really dive deep and learn. So as a white woman or as anyone, because it's not even- Yeah, as anyone. As anyone, it's one, learning. Two, unlearning. Three, realizing when you're in a space and you want to help, people of color don't need you to save them. And I think that's where people have to be careful. So like if you run into something and you run into something that's one of your friends in your workspace has something like um, inequality happens or something racist happens, like they don't need you to speak on their behalf. They need you to be their supporter but they don't need to you to tell the story as if you're saving them. And I think that's what's happening a lot is people want to be the forefront of this movement when this movement doesn't necessarily affect them. And instead of being the forefront of the movement, how about you support the people who are with the movement? Does that make sense? But I feel like what's, what's even happened in our industry, right? So like all the big brands decided to bring in, you know, texture training, right? And what I saw was like the texture training was being taught by white women, right? Who were their big platform educators that people knew. And it's like, okay, she's been around for seven years and she ain't never once pulled out, you know, a textured model or mannequin. Not that that's not something she knew how to do, but if this is not something she's been doing for 12 years, why don't you go find the people who have been doing that and let's elevate them. And I think that's been my biggest struggle with our industry is instead of elevating the people who've been doing this forever, we've decided to educate the people who um, look the part right. that the brand is looking for, which is my struggle. And I think when I, not to get off topic, but when we talked about like showing up as ourselves, I bite my tongue a lot. And it's because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. But that's what that was the big part of like, as you watch my page, you're probably going to feel uncomfortable because I'm done biting my tongue. I'm done making it. Now I'm not mean, I'm doing everything out of love, but I'm done like pussyfooting around so that I don't offend anybody. Right. Because it's, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know? So I just want to see us as a collective group and unit 
make change. And it's funny, one of um, the women in high power and I were talking about curly hair. Um, and I won't mention her name because I don't know that she wants it out there. But this weekend, she's been showing like videos of her wearing her hair curly. And I'm like, girl, your hair is lit. And she was like, I've had curly hair my entire life. I've never worn it. Um, and she was like, and I worked in a salon in New York City owned by a, a man of color. And he told me that curly hair was not professional. Even though we were doing, they were doing curly hair in their salon. They were a natural hair salon but she was not allowed to wear her hair curly because it was unprofessional. And so she was like, it took me a long time to unlearn that. Mm -hmm. And what I've loved is like, I think just seeing the embrasion of, of, of curls and natural that she's like, that she feels like she can come out and talk about it. And she's like the amount of people who are like, oh my God, what did you use? Oh my God, how did you do that? Like it's, amazing and so to empower people to love the hair coming out of their head is something phenomenal no matter you know who it is so. yeah I mean shit I have curly hair and I like very rarely wear it because yeah. one I really don't even know how to do my own hair <laughs> like you know because <laughs> it's, it, it's not something that you learn like it's really not you know it's yeah it's something that society makes you unlearn right right they they tell you like it's unruly. Like even when you think about products and like how they're marketed to us, if you have curly hair, right? So they're like, tame your curly hair. Like I ain't no lion, I don't need to be right. tame. Or like it's unruly. So everything is negative when it comes to having curly hair. So in your mind, you're like, I'm just gonna wear it straight and then I can have sleek and beautiful and shiny because all of those terms are re resonate with curly hair. Dude, words, I mean, matter. words matter so much. And like, yep. I didn't even think of that. Like you think anti-frizz, like that's like a negative thing. Well, and generational, right? Like my mom grew up relaxing her hair and freaking um, uh, ironing it to yeah. straighten it because she has naturally curly hair and, you know, she didn't want it. It just wasn't, again, how she grew up. Like it's not, which is so funny. I'll never forget in hair school, I used to have my friend Shana, she used to cornrow my hair and I would take it out the next day because all I wanted was a was big, big textured ponytail. Like that's all I wanted, but I could have got that with my natural curl. <laughs> I just needed to know how to work with it and have the products to do it. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the push that I'm going for is that I have children, all three have beautiful curly hair. All three have beautiful different curly hair. And someone asked me, they were like, how did you manage to have them love their hair? And I was like, because we only talk about it in good terms. Like if you only talk about it in a way that is positive, they don't see it any other way. And then my kids are also not like TV kids. Um, so everything that they hear is, is like, oh, my curls are great. Or, and my one daughter who has fine hair like yours and probably the same wave pattern, she wants the things like you want. So she wants the big hair. She wants the braids. She wants all the things that don't necessarily work with her texture. Mm -hmm. But like we try to do it and it'll be great for about a day because it's fine. So it comes down. But it, it's just interesting that like for her, she's like, I don't. I don't care about texture. I just love this look and that's what I want to go for. So I just, I hope that for our next generation that we, that we are able to teach them to embrace whatever it is coming out of their head. Now, don't get me wrong, like I've natural hair and even before I've been natural for 12 years, even before I was really short, I had long hair. Mm -hmm. I never wore it curly. 
I just didn't like the look. I wore it straight. No shade to anyone who straightens their, their curls. I don't care what you do with your curls as long as they're healthy. That's it. Like if you want to color them, dye them pink, do whatever you want to do. And I think that's okay. At the end of the day, it's personal preference. Like, like what do you like, right? Like how, how do you want Absolutely. your hair to look and, and knowing how yeah. to do it? But that's the hard part. And that's what you're trying to change. And knowing, yeah. And being able to walk in a space. Like right. being able to find a salon that know that you know how to do it, right? I think that's the most important piece of it all is that there are a thousand salons in any given city. And it, within that thousand salons, I, and I'm going to jump off the deep end and say a hundred people know how to do curly hair. Mm-hmm. And it's probably really 10. But the number of people who, who know how to do and want to do curly hair is very slim. What surprised me the most? Um, so the last salon I worked at, there was a curly haired specialist and I did not realize how long like a curly cut takes. Like, first of all, that shit's expensive. Like, and it's not quick. Like I was amazed. I mean, it's a whole lesson on top of it, which is really cool too. Um, but I was just shocked because in my mind, I'm like, you're leaving wet, you're leaving curly. Cause that's how I do mine. It's like, I just scrunch and go, but that's why mine looks like shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there's that, <laughs> but I, th- I thought that was really interesting. Cause I'd never seen, I never worked with anyone who specialized in curly hair. Yep. And I think that's the interesting part too, because like when you, so on my website, like I have a, like I have a menu and there's a curly haircut and it, it explains that I'm going to cut your hair dry. And so what's funny is when, when people sit in my chair, they're like, oh, I knew you were the one. And I was like, why? They're like, cause you're going to cut my hair dry. So in all the years, if I walk in somewhere and they're like, oh, I'm going to cut your, your curly hair wet. And I've had a dry haircut. I'm like, oh, nope you're not the stylist for me and it truly is like you said it's a lesson and so with my curly haircuts it's literally a lesson like we're cutting each curl we're talking about it and I I saw a post from Aisha from Cut It Kinky yesterday you know what she said she was like a curly hair person will love you if you can just teach them how to style their hair Mm -hmm. like they don't give a damn about the haircut like the haircut is like the haircut but if you can teach me how to style this hair and how to make it look like I want to look whatever that is every day, you've got a client for life. Yeah. Like, and that is true. And so my, and, and, and sadly enough, that's also a struggle for me because I'm three days behind the chair now, but I can't cut back. I just hired another stylist and I'm going to teach her fully on curly haircuts because I want to come from behind the chair but I probably, and I'm not even exaggerating, I get five to seven new curly haired client cuts a month and I'm booking into the middle of August right now. So we have people who are waiting um, that long for a curly haircut and there's really not anywhere I can send them. I'm training a salon here in town now um, on all the things, but that's what I wanna do. I would love now that we're kind of open to just go from salon to salon to really train people hands-on how to do curly hair, but also how to make people feel welcome with texture. Cause that's, it's a two-part class, right? Right. You can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to do curly hair. And then, 
or textured hair and then just but don't understand the cultural competence of it too so we talk about that as well yeah well I want to go back for a second to what you were saying about feeling like you have to hold your tongue or felt like you had to hold your tongue yeah because I think that um I feel that way sometimes too even like with like sometimes I just want to be funny like right like sometimes I just want to do like a funny real you know about money and then I'm like whose feelings am I going to hurt like maybe they won't think it's funny, but, you know, so I kind of like, I will, I will stop. And so I feel like I do the same because it's this weird line between like, I want people to know I can help them, but I, again, I don't want them to feel like I'm shaming them or whatever. Do you feel that way when it comes to this as well? Yes. I feel that way when it comes to like showing up, because I feel like sometimes what, what's my personality, what's me, some people may not get, but then what I've also decided is if they don't get it, unfollow me. Well, and they're not going to like your program if they don't get you in a post or. Yeah. 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 So I love like, I, and I also have to, we also have to realize that not everybody has the same sort of way that they address things so like for me I'm like I might like like to read a full post right and then for somebody that follows me they just like to see my stories and all the things and then somebody that follows me they love like the funny quirky shit that I put up so definitely post the funny stuff and it's going to it just shows that we are not one-dimensional right right like and then it also it's like I also think people are like I hate to use the word I don't even, I don't even want to use the word sensitive because I'm trying to get away from saying that term, but I think that some people just take stuff way too seriously. Like it's not, it's not about you. Like, I think that we are so self-centered in our egos that somebody posts something and it's not about you. And if it resonates with you, you probably need to do some internal looking. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what you kind of said earlier. It's like, if you're mad, why are you mad? Mm -hmm you know, that's the internal looking part that I think a lot of people need to do. And I feel like most of the time, if you're following someone and you halfway like them and they post something that kind of rubs you the wrong way, then it's probably something internal. It's not that they were assholes. Right. And it's so true that I'm to that point now, or anytime I get mad about something, it's like, I know that it's something within myself. Like every, like, I don't even not like people anymore because of that. Cause you know what I mean? Like eat, like it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, okay, like that triggered something. Why did it trigger something? And then I start thinking about what's going on with them. Like, you know, like, well, maybe they grew up this way and maybe this, they saw this or, or whatever, because that's another thing, especially with being an online space. Like, you know, you grow up a certain way, right? Like you grow up being able to talk a certain way, say certain things, and not everyone grew up in the same way. So like when you get on the online space, it's like, what's maybe funny to you and your friends is not fucking funny to the, you know, thousand plus people that might follow you over here. Like it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting dynamic, I think, especially being, putting yourself out there when it comes to wanting to help and educate people. Yep. And I think what, what's funny, what's interesting about what you said too, is that maybe it doesn't have to be hard. Maybe we just, it doesn't have to be, maybe we just have to be ourselves and that's it. We're not meant to be this. I think the the issue with social media is that it's made us believe that we are, we have to be 
all these things, right? Like in order to be interesting, we have to do this. And in order to be like, like we have to do that. And, and we're not good enough just being ourselves, right? And that's the problem. And I think the people who make it and the people that we really love, we love them because they're being themselves. Like, and what's interesting for me is cause like with Elizabeth, like I had met Elizabeth prior to like socially prior to Tulum mm -hmm. and prior to high power. So like, I just followed her. We talked via DM and then you never know. Like, I mean, we've taken education classes from people or we've met people that we like talk to on social and then you meet their ass in person. You'd be like, we're the person that, that you are a meanie. Yeah, or exactly. Like, they're just not the same person online. You'd be like, girl, you talk about girl power, but you are shady as hell. Yeah. So you have to be mindful of that because like I said, when I met Elizabeth, I loved, like Elizabeth is Elizabeth, like period. 24, seven, seven days a week. This is what you get. This is who I am, period. And that inspired me to be like, this is who I am. This is what you get, period. And after Tulum, I met a couple of people, not from, not hairdressers, but in my, in my community. And I remember I was saying something, I was like, oh my God, it was so lit. I had so much fun. And the person was like, lit? what you know about lit? And I was like, excuse me? And they're like, oh, you don't say lit on your social. Like you super professional. And it, <laughs> it hit a chord because they're absolutely correct, right? Like I would have never been like, man, that was, but that's something that I would say every day. And now if you watch me, if you look at my stories, if you, I am very much crystal with an H all the time, you know? And it's, it's just a relief. Um, and there's no pressure because I know that no matter where I show up at, I can be myself. Now, don't get me wrong. Like if I am, if I'm at the doctor's office, right. Or if I'm speaking, you know, as a keynote speaker for a, a corporate event, I'm probably going to be a little more reserved than I would if I'm going to be speaking to my girlfriends at lunch, but that's everybody. Right. But my personality is my personality. And I'm, and I, and we should be that all the time. And if someone doesn't like it or love it, then they just not your people. And we have to be okay with everybody not being our people. Yeah. Do you like when people unfollow you now? I like it. <laughs> like when I see people have unfollowed me, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know they weren't meant to be here. Attention. No. I don't yeah. look at who, well, but I'll even, see my number go down. I, say, I don't even look. Yeah. I, 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 oh, but I think it's because a lot of people spam and do you, and I clean. Do you ever clean your people? No, what do you mean? I clean my followers. So I will remove followers. Um, so I think I know what you're gonna ask. So if you get a new follower that you can clearly look and see that they're like spam, so they have like zero posts and they follow you, un like remove them. Yeah. Because basically what happens with the algorithm is that if you have you ever see the people who have like, not that they bought followers or whatever, but you see people who have like 10,000, 20,000 followers, right? And then they have like a hundred likes. Or their comments, or like, every single one of their you know, comments. How do you have, you know. Every single one of their comments is that I made money with this website. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's actually hurting your algorithm. So I will go through once a month and remove the spammy people. And then I don't necessarily unfollow a lot of people, but I tell you, boy, I hide a lot of people. If you're not bringing me no joy, you got to go. Yeah. 
I will, I'll unfollow people who, um, I either, I don't unfollow people often, but sometimes I have to, for my own, like not even motivation, but inspiration. Sometimes I have to follow people that I like because it'll get to the point where I want to talk about something and then I'll see that they talked about it. And then I'm like, well, now I can't talk about it. And then finally, I'm like, you know what? I just can't follow them because we talk about the same thing, like the same topic. And like, I, I feel like I don't want them to yeah. think I'm copying that or whatever. So it's like, I just have to like release it because it'll stop me from doing, you know, what I want to do or need to do for my, it's interesting. It's an, it's an interesting thing. <laughs> no, and I get it. If you, I get it. Cause it's also people like when it comes to reels, I think that's, what's funny too. Because what people have to realize with reels, like all the same reels are trending, right? Mm-hmm. So if you doing a reel, it's trending, then I may do the same reel with a different topic. And it wasn't that I was copying you. I mean, that reel was trending. So, you know, Instagram showed it to both of us. So people just have to realize that, again, it's not about you. Like, if, like it's not, it's, it's just, it's not about you. And one of the things you said that I wanted to go back to, you were saying like, um, the whole like unfollowing and and the inspiration. I think I said it yesterday, I was talking about imposter syndrome. And sometimes when you're following people that you love, you like wanna do the things that you think are really cool about them, but that may not resonate with you and your audience. Um, And so I feel like that's a whole psychological thing too with like, with hairdressers, like following so many hairdressers, like like, Sometimes that's just not a thing for me either. Like I'd, and, and like not trying to be funny, but I don't want to see hair all day. Oh, same. Like that's not really going to see all day. I see it already, but I don't know that I want my feed to be full of balayage. Yeah. Well, and it, you're right with the imposter syndrome thing too. Like it's like when you, like when you're seeing something that maybe is the same topic hair, you know, whatever the, the situation and it's like, oh, they worded it so well. I'll never be able to word it that way. Like maybe it's time to not look at those. You know what I mean? Like, like you need to, I remember when we first started, um, I forget one program I did with Elizabeth, but she's like, you need to put your blinders on. And it's like, that's something I have to remind myself all the time is like, stop looking at everyone else. You do you the end, like just keep your blinders on. Like, don't look at what this person's doing. Comparison is a thief of joy. It's the, you know, it's, what we hear over and over and over again. I'm pretty sure that was my, I think I'm pretty sure that was like the line in my story. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. So true. Yeah, it is. So I just, um, I, yeah, I feel, I feel like going into the, the, the last six months of 2021, um, my goal is to, you know, do what works and feels great in my community and my family and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's the story of my life these days. Like if it doesn't feel good, I'm not doing it. And not in a sense of like, not in a sense of like, I don't really want to do this. So, you know, like if I know it's something that needs to be done to get to the goal, that's different, you know, because you always have to do some shit you don't want to do. Like, I don't care what anyone says, like, (laughs) you're not going to want to, everything in your life is not going to be roses and, and beautiful. It's just not the case. But, um, but I think, I agree. Like if I don't show up authentically, it does not feel good to me. 
Um, and it's so true what you're saying. People don't give a shit. People are too busy worrying about what other people think of them than they are worrying about what I, what they think of me. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, like people are in their own lane. We sit here and we think that like, oh my God, people are so worried about, people aren't going to like what I post. People are going to cry over what I post. People, they don't care. If they don't like it, they're going to keep scrolling or they're going to unfollow. Like nobody gives a shit. Like, (laughs) right. Right. You don't have that much power. Right. Again, it's our ego. Like we have so much, we think it's so much about us and it's really not. It's not about you. No, it's not. We're yeah. narcissistic beings. Like it just is what it is. You know, it's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. So what do you have going on? This will be airing in July. So do you have anything, Ew. do you have anything going on? Or are you- um, in- in July, we would have already, um, we would be, we'll be in our first month month of the Beauty Collective. Um, and then it is a six month program. So it'll open again in a year. But in August, um, it is not, it's still not public. Like it has not been announced. And I don't know if it'll be announced by the time this podcast happens. But I am a VIP panelist on a pretty dope hairstylist virtual event. Um, and I am joined by Gary V on stage as well as Patricia Washington um, and Britt Siva and Elizabeth Fay and Taylor the Barber. So um, I get to have the opportunity to be among some of the best of the best and people that I admire um, as a panelist and a VIP um, speaker in reference to um, why it's necessary to have diversity within our branding and the importance of creating inclusive spaces. But I mean, maybe you can put the event together after all of that stuff, but um, I don't know by then (laughs) it'll be announced, but I'm hoping so, but it's in August. So that'll be something that tickets will be on sale um, middle of July and August. Okay, Crystal, that is fucking amazing. Like seriously, that is really awesome. Like, are you like freaking out in a good way? I am, I am, (laughs) but it's so funny because I've known for a long time, like I've known for a long time and I've had to keep it pretty secret. Um, I am, which this week, which we're in middle of June, um, the, my Instagram audience will get the opportunity to pick my designer. So I ended up with a, um, amazing sponsorship and affiliate with 99 designs, which is a branch of Vistaprint. Um, so that's super cool. So there's just a lot of things that are happening that are pretty dope and interesting. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Um, so I'm happy I can talk about it publicly, um, because I've known for a minute and it's something that's really cool because it's something I've been putting in work on for a long time and trying to be recognized. Um, and Elizabeth's like always said, she was like, you know, you're light years ahead of like most people, their first, you know, two years in in education. And she was like, but you've been preparing for this your whole life, which I truly believe that all of us have everything we need. We just have to sharpen those skills in our toolbox to get to the next step. So I'm just, I'm just super excited and grateful. Oh, I love it. I'm so excited. You're going to kick ass too. So Crystal, thank you once again so much for coming to chat with me. Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Crystal Hair and Makeup. That's C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L. 
or you can find everything there is to know about All Hair Academy at allhairacademy.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mwah. Mwah. And again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like this episode, please leave a review and also take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me. Don't forget to tag Crystal. And thank you so much for listening. I will talk with you on the next one.